Beautiful soul, have you ever wanted to speak to angels? Do you believe angels can support you in your daily life? If this is you, go onto my website, theangelmedium.com and sign up for our email list. As a gift for signing up, I'm going to send you 31 healing meditations that if you do daily, they're going to help you tap into your angels and your own intuition. Start using these today and you'll start to see changes in 31 days. Now take a deep breath. Ask your angels to surround you with love, fill you with joy, infuse you with ease. And remember, your angels say that any messages that resonate with you in today's episode are meant just for you. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis, and I know you're going to love the angel stories that we have today because they are about prayer and seeing angels show up when maybe you least expect it. Um, we have today Barbara here. Barbara, thank you so much for being here to share your stories. Thanks for having me, Julie. Of course. So I'm going to have you take it away and share your first one. Okay. Um, the first one I, I'd like to share, it was just such a awakening situation for me. Um, my husband passed uh, in 2014. And at the time, it was middle of winter. We were living in Massachusetts, where my, my husband had been transferred there. So what you probably need to know a little bit is background is in the past, I've had a lot of anxiety issues and not so much anymore. But at that time I did. And one of them was driving in bad weather, driving mm. in snowstorms, things like that. And my husband was the greatest in that respect. He said, I don't want you to ever worry. I will always get you to work. I'll get you home. You never have to worry about this. And God bless that man. He did because he would leave work, come and take me to work, go back to work, come leave work, come pick me up, take me home, go back to work. I mean, he had a lot of flexibility. So yeah. it really wasn't an issue for me. Well, after, you know, I was in Massachusetts and I was there for three months after he passed. During that time, I was at work and somebody came in and said, wow, can you believe the snow? And I was like, what? <laughs> and they said, yeah, we got like sudden nor'easter type thing. There's like six inches of snow. And I was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? So I left really quickly, started driving home and I went my normal route. Well, if you've ever been, we lived outside of Worcester and in a small town called Holden. And if you've ever driven in that area, the roads are windy, up and down, there's stone walls and trees all along. You don't want to slip and go off. So the other thing is they don't take care of roads the way I'm used to. <laughs> in Massachusetts, they're very worried about their watershed. So they don't put any ice or the salt down to melt the ice or anything. So you're trying to get up these hills and they have just put sand and dirt on top of the snow to help with traction. 
Now, do you have like winterized tires? Because we just moved into a new house last year and it's like maybe a 10 foot incline, right? I mean, this thing, if you're looking at an angle, maybe it's like a 10% incline, but my car, my little uh, Chevy Equinox does not make it up this 10%. Yeah, I I don't think they were the best, <laughs> although I don't think I was alone. I had just gotten this car, so... I hadn't had it equipped with snow tires or anything like that. Oh, but, goodness. Oh, it was, it was terrifying. <laughs> so I'm driving home. And I mean, it took me three times my normal commute, about an hour and a half. I was usually about a half hour. But I made it. But I, you know, really slipped a little bit on some of the hills. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Thank God I made it. All's good. The next day, all the snow was gone in the morning, got to work, and it happened again. Somebody came in and said, I can't believe we're getting another snowstorm. And I was like, what are you talking about? So long story short, I thought, I'm not going the way I went yesterday. I'm going to take this other way to get home. I don't think there's as many hills, and it'll be safer. So I started going that way. All was well until I got to this place and all the cars were just backed up and I'm looking ahead and there it's not even a really big hill but I'm seeing cars going up and sliding down <laughs> and going up and sliding down and I saw cars coming the other way and coming over and sliding down sideways and I thought I can't do this I just can't do this so there was a little side road when I finally got up there I turned down there and I thought there must be a way to circumvent this hill and, yeah. and get me to where I need to go. Well, pretty, I mean, the road hadn't even been plowed. There was like six, seven inches of snow. I could barely see where it was. I thought this, this is a problem. So I pulled over and I called the guy I worked with who had grown up in the area and said, can you tell me where I am and how to get to Holden? And he's like, yeah, let me pull up my computer. I'll pull up a map and I'll, I'll see if I can direct you. I said, okay, so we're going along. And I mean, I'm crawling. Yeah. And the snow's coming down pretty heavy. And I I was just like, Dave, where am I? You know, do you, how close am I? Is there a through road? What, what are you seeing? And he finally said, Barbie, you got to turn around. Because <gasps> if you keep going on this road, I think you're going to end up in Clinton. <laughs> and, and he's like, you don't want to be in Clinton. And I was like, are you kidding? So I said, okay, there, I see a road up ahead on the left. I'm going to pull in there and I'm going to back out and come back. I hadn't even passed a car this whole time. It's probably 15 minutes. And I said, um, just hang on for a second. I said, Dave, I'm going to put you on mute for a second, but don't hang up, you know, but I'm going to put you on mute. And he's like, okay, I'll, I'm here. So I got him on mute and I just, had a complete meltdown and just started, you know, banging my fist and saying, you promised me I'd never have to deal with this and I'd never have to drive in snow like this and I can't even get home. I don't even know where I am and it's all your fault for dying on me, <laughs> that type of thing. And I kind of lost it, pulled it together, got Dave back on the phone and said, okay, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I said, 
I don't know what road this is, but because the snow is covering the sign, it had stuck to the the sign. I said, but I'm going to pull up there and I'm going to turn around. And if I see a sign, I'll tell you where I am. He said, okay. Well, I pulled up the road and I turned on the road and I looked up and on the sign, you know, the street sign was still covered with snow, but up above that street sign was a smaller sign. And the wind blew off the snow that was on there. And there was an arrow and it said to Holden. <gasps> it was like, it was to, it said, I said, Dave, this, there's a sign there and it says to Holden. And he said, go that way, <laughs> go that way. So yeah. I did. And the roads weren't all that bad. They hadn't been plowed, but they weren't that bad. And before I knew it, I knew where I was. And I, I was on the upper side of town. Normally, I would get home from the south side, but it was taking me on the upper side. But I was able to get home. And so I think my firm talking to him had, had some effect and got him where I needed him to be. But that just, that was probably the first time after he had passed that I was like, okay, you're really with me. And wow. you're, you've got my back. You're with me. So that that was just one instance that happened that I thought I'd share because it sounds like a movie, Barbara. Like it, it felt like a movie. Yes, <laughs> so like it, it was wild. Amazing. I love that angel story. I do, I do too. That was. I always think of that, especially now I've moved back to New York. <laughs> it's like, okay, I hope you're on the ready here because. Probably going to get some snow in next winter. But the next thing I wanted to share actually happened just a few months later. And it was, again, just totally unexpected. But I was in New York, living where I am now, waiting for my house in Georgia to be ready. I was moving to Georgia. I have a son that lives there. And, you know, I was moving there. And, but I was in New York and I got a text from a friend who I, a girl I'd been friends with for, you know, several years, but I hadn't talked to her, hadn't seen her in a long time. And she said, please call me. And I'm like, okay, her name's Marie. So I called her up and I said, Marie, what's up? And she's like, the weirdest thing happened. She said, I don't know if you know, but my parents are, you know, I knew they were elderly. And she said, I went to a psychic. Because I just wanted to see if they could tell me what was going to be in the future. We're trying to decide, should we sell their home? Should we move them into assisted living? What, what's things going to look like in the future? And she said, I was only there for a few minutes. And the medium, she must have been medium, said, I have to ask you, do you have a friend? Her first name, I think, it starts with a B. It's Barb or Barbie or... Beverly or something. She said, I have a friend, Barbie. And she said, has she recently lost her husband? And Marie said, yeah, she has. And she said, okay, do you know anything about it? And she said, kind of, I, you know, I, I haven't really talked with her, but the medium said, well, he was a big guy in his fifties, died of a heart attack. And she said, yeah, yeah, that's what happened. And she said, okay, this guy has been with me all day, like nudging me, nudging me, nudging me. And she said, 
how come? <laughs> Why would he do that? And she said, well, he wanted you to get a message to your friend. And she said, okay, well, what's the message? And she said, he just wants to tell her that, you know, he's sorry he didn't get to say goodbye. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking, that's what they all say. You know, of course. You know, I still love you. Know, I love you. I didn't get to say goodbye. But, you know, she'd given her some evidence. And the, the thing was, when he passed, I had been in contact. I was at work. And he was home. And I knew he wasn't feeling well. But I got in touch with him about some medication I was going to give him. And he said, get home. I'd come home. And... I'm the, I called him up and said, what's going on? He said, I can't breathe. Um, I said, I'm calling an ambulance. I'll call you right back. So I called an ambulance, called him back, and I could tell he was losing consciousness. And I didn't know if he could hear me or obviously he, he couldn't talk to me. But I, I knew he was there, but I just didn't know what the situation was. So I said, I'm hanging up. I have to call the ambulance again. And I just said, I'm, I'm hanging up. And I hung up and I called the ambulance and said, you got to get here fast. And here's the code. Here's, you know, break the door down if you have to, whatever. But when I got there, they, they were doing CPR and took him out. So we didn't get to say goodbye. And I think that that was the thing because it bothered me. I I didn't even say goodbye. I just hung up. And it was the hardest thing I'd ever done to hang up the phone, you know, with this connection. But I I think it bothered him too that I just sensed that he didn't it bothered him. He couldn't say goodbye. So that was that made me think, okay, I think this is the real deal. This the psychic, you know, is sharing this. The funny thing is, I just ran into Marie. Um, on Sunday, on Mother's Day, we were at, uh, at a Genesee Country Museum. It's a place around here. And she was there. And I said, do you remember that you went to the psychic? And she said, yes, I remember. And she said, that was so weird. Friend, if the idea of connecting to your angels and changing your life using your very own spiritual gifts sounds amazing and is deeply resonating with you today, I want you to go on my website and check out my angel membership. Registration is open. Sign up today and you'll get access to new course content and events each week and a private community. Members love how everything you need for your spiritual awakening is all in one place. Sign up today, angel membership. It's incredibly healing. Also, the winner of this month's free reading with me is in the show notes below. Leave a five-star positive review of my podcast or book, and you could be next month's winner. Lastly, check out the upcoming events page on my website, theangelmedium.com, because we have a lot of upcoming events that I know you're going to be interested in. But, you know, but that's how that all went. It was so weird. But out of the blue, she, you know, he just contacted someone, I guess, who, do they know that 
maybe someone is, you know, okay. So probably about 30 to 40% of my sessions, something like that will come through, whether it's for a sibling within the family or a parent or yeah, a hundred percent. And it's because they do it's it's almost like they just see openings. Like if you could imagine from above, they can see an opening. They know that they can get that through. And so they're able to, and I think oh. it's absolutely fantastic. Um, but I don't want you to fault yourself for like hanging up the phone and like calling the ambulance back again. Your, your like gut instinct was his survival and wanting them to not be knocking on the door for five minutes, but just to get to him as fast as possible. But there's also something that happens and I, I can't explain this, but I've told the story before of how we almost lost our daughter E and she was really little. She was an infant and she was having all of these throat surgeries to fix a breathing problem, but had all this acid reflux at the same time. And we didn't realize that the acid reflux was undoing and making worse all of the swelling and inflammation in her throat. So, and her airway. So we had it one night where she coded at home and it was kind of like going downhill. Oh my gosh, how scary. It was so scary. And and so my husband's on the phone with 911. We randomly had another family member there at the house. I was holding her and she was just lifeless and oh, I couldn't scary. I couldn't do it and this sounds like terrible as a mom but I had to like my instinct was to pass her little body over to the family member that was there rush out to the street to wave in the ambulances to just get them in as quick as possible. And as soon as they got there, I just remember breaking down by the garage. um, And I was praying that entire time, God, please, like, I, I know my husband, he is going to not survive this if she doesn't mm-hmm. survive. You can't do this to me. Like, please give me a second chance to be her mom. And so I just wanted to share that with you, though. And, yeah, and I appreciate it. Yeah. And she's totally fine. She's amazing today. Uh, thank, thank goodness. But I just wanted to tell that to you and anybody who's listening who might mm-hmm. feel like, well, did I do the right thing in the moment? Yes. Yeah. You, I, you know, I knew I had to do it. It was a, it was really hard. And yeah. in in retrospect, I look back at it and think it was the hardest thing I ever did. I, I knew I knew what was happening. And I just thought, I don't think I was, I expressed how urgent I think this was when I called 911 the first time. And I, I had to come back and I said, look, I think he's lost consciousness. You need to get there like ASAP. Here's the code to get in. Break the door down if you have to. There's two little dogs in the house. Just have somebody put them in the bathroom or something. Shut the door. It's okay. I'm getting there as fast as I can. And I mean, I was just like, I, they need to know this. And, you know, he, he was, um, you know, I guess that when I got in, 
uh, to the house, the there was somebody waiting for me and said, I said, is he okay? Is, you know, what do you, what's going on? And he said, well, we have a pulse. So I was like, okay, this is really serious. And, he, you know, not that I didn't think it was, but he said, just sit down, you know, they're, they're in taking care of him. And I was like, okay. But, and as, as they took him out, I kept thinking, I didn't say goodbye. I didn't say goodbye on the phone. I, you know, I knew I just hung it up, you know, pushed the button and called 911. But it was instinct. Like you said, it was just instinct that I need help and this is not helping. So, you know, I, I'm sure he forgave me yeah. <laughs> for that. I don't think he holds it against me. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was just... You know, know what you was talking about, Barb, is if it had happened the other way where you had stayed on the phone with him, you would have always wondered if there was something else that you could have done. That's and true. he said, no regrets. Like yeah. you don't have any regrets because you knew you did everything that you could. I did. I did. I knew, you know, that was the right thing to do. It was hard. It was hard. But just like with you handing your daughter to someone else, you knew that the thing you had to do was get, get them into the right place to help, you know? So. Okay. I have never seen this before, and I know that this is a common thing, but I don't think I've ever talked about this with a widow before. He keeps saying to tell the story about your wedding ring. What is the story with the wedding ring? Hmm. The wedding ring. Where is your wedding ring? Well, it's funny. Um, I, I I had to have heart surgery um, before he passed. It was, you know, 10 months before he passed. And I had always worn my wedding band, but my finger, the knuckles gotten a little bigger and I had to go and have it cut off. And I, we went and I had it cut off before the surgery. And I'm very glad I did because my fingers really swelled. But after, you know, he had passed and I was in Georgia, I felt like I had some loose ends that I needed to tie up. And one of them is, what do I do with my wedding rings? I had never started wearing it again. My engagement ring, I, I kept losing the stone. I found it twice, but I kept losing the stone. And I was going around in the bedroom and my mother, my father had also passed. My mother um, was a widow. She had gone and had her engagement ring set in a different setting. And I ended up getting the ring and my brother asked me, yeah, do you have any diamonds? I want to get engaged. <laughs> so I said, I have mom's engagement ring. I know the stone. I said, I know she wants you to have it. So I had the stone taken out and I still had the setting. So maybe that's what he's thinking about. But I happened as I was thinking about, okay, what am I going to do about the rings? Do it. You know, what? I found my mother's, the setting. So I went and had, my engagement stone, the diamond put into that ring. And I wear it a lot. I wear it all the time now because then I, I'm not wearing my an engagement ring, but I, I have that with me. So yeah. I think, I think maybe that's it, but, mm -hmm. or maybe it's the fact that I lost the stone twice and found it. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> what a 
are the odds of that? But um, so maybe it was that. Well, can you talk to this too? Because this is where he's kind of going with this. Sometimes you wouldn't believe the number of emails that we end up getting, you know, six months, eight months after a podcast airs and somebody will be like, I found this particular episode and it totally was what I needed to hear. So when Spirit asks questions, I just let them kind of direct the show. But I feel like it's very, very meaningful for you to still wear it. And almost like you feel his presence yeah. when you look at it. I do. I, I know where it came from. And, you know, nobody nobody else realizes what that ring's significance is to me. But I know what the connection is. And it's like being able to continue to wear my wedding rings without being obvious or having people say, oh, you're still wearing your wedding rings? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's interesting because I just had a session the other day. I'm back doing my sessions again. And it's interesting because this woman's mother was coming through from the other side saying, and she was a young widow. She had lost her husband very young. And she said, we know that there's another person coming into your life very soon, um, but it's okay for you to still wear your wedding ring because it holds so much importance to you. Mm -hmm. And this new person who is coming in is going to be able to hold space for, you know, you, you can love your person on the other side and you can eat love someone here and that's okay and the new person coming in they made very clear was going to understand that and be comfortable with that yeah i and that's you know obviously really important it's that's something i think widows are challenged by that they want to make sure it's acceptable but you don't want to stop talking about them i mean they were a part of your life but you know it's it's a fine line and you have to make sure the person on the other side of that line gets it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. in fact, that was one of one of my other stories was more recent, but it came as a result of I was listening to one of your podcasts, yeah. and it was. And I'm trying to think. I want. I don't remember what the woman's name was, but she had like an 18 year old daughter, and. The daughter had passed and I guess they were, her girlfriends had come over and they were maybe having a birthday party. I, I don't remember all the details, but they, she was saying, you know, she was flicking the lights and music was starting to play and all this stuff. And, and I was like, Hmm, I was in my kitchen and, and doing stuff as I was listening. I said, Hmm, you never do that for me. <laughs> <laughs> How come? I never get the flicking lights and, and the music just starts playing. It's like, you know, you're slacking, you know, that type thing. And kind of just laughed it off, went and sat down and was doing something at the table and, you know, still playing. The podcast was still playing. And all of a sudden I started hearing another voice. And I was like, what, what is that? What's going on? You know, I thought, is somebody in the house? And I live out in the middle of nowhere. Nobody gets in without me knowing. And I thought, what is that? And I finally turned, paused the podcast and I thought, 
I it I hear someone talking, and <laughs> I started I started walking around the kitchen, and there was a stack on the island. There was a stack of like books and stuff, and my iPad was in there, and it was I don't have it with me, but it's in a cover, it's a case, and when you close the case, it shuts off, yeah. right? And when you open it, you have to put your code in and or facial recognition, whatever. It was coming from there, and it was <laughs> a. A class that I had been watching like three days prior, and I hadn't touched it since. And I opened it up, and sure enough, I see the person talking. Da da da, and I was like, "Oh, this is freaky." (laughs) (laughs) I closed it, and I thought, "Did it go away?" (laughs) So (laughs) I opened it back up, and sure enough, I had to put the code in and all that. And I thought, "How weird is that?" And I thought, "Oh." He's saying, I can do it too. <laughs> so, and as if that wasn't bad enough, the other night, I mean, and this hasn't happened again in a long time, probably, you know, six, seven months, the same thing happened. I all of a sudden, I was actually in the bedroom and all of a sudden I heard a voice. Who's talking? And again, now I'm like, in the house and went over to the, the iPad and it was the iPad. Same same situation. I I opened it. They were talking, and it was weird. <laughs> really wow. weird. So I thought, okay, he's just. My girlfriend said, "Well, now he's starting to play pranks. You know, he he's just trying to get your attention." <laughs> so well, that's I weird. think it's fascinating because there are times where we'll ask for a gift as we think other people have it or a sign to come through. And then they deliver and we're like, mm, I don't know that I want it that way. Can oh, we go well, back to the old way it was? <laughs> I mean, I, I was, I got a chuckle out of it and I, and I thought, okay, you can do it too. I get, I get yeah. it. Yeah. But it was just kind of wild, you know, that that happened. And, and while I was you know, listening to this and made the, in my head, I'm saying, why don't you ever do that for me? I never get flicking lights. I never get, you know, the TV yeah, turning yeah. up. So <laughs> it was just, it was so apropos, perfect time. I love it. <laughs> and and he was kind of a joker. You know, he, he had a great sense of humor. So I could see him doing something like that. So it was, it was just kind of funny how that happened. That's amazing. I love that, Barbara. I know you have a story too about angels um, surrounding you and actually seeing these angels surrounding you. And you have to tell this story because I just think it's so cool. It, yeah, that, that, you know, comes to mind to me a lot. Um, um, about, it was almost a year before my husband passed. I had to go in and have valve replacement, um, an aortic valve replacement done that was totally on uh, the blue, didn't expect it. Doctor told me, you're on borrowed time. We're getting in there right away. So I went in and before I could have the actual surgery, they wanted to do an angiogram um, to make sure there weren't any blockages or anything that they needed to address while they were doing the other. And I had like an appointment at eight in the morning. My cardiologist was there. My husband was there. And um, I kept getting bumped. You know, they had emergencies that they needed to take before me. And I think it had gotten to be about two in the afternoon. And 
my girlfriend sent me a text and said, how did it go? Did everything go okay? Thinking it was 8.30 yeah. in the morning, I should probably be home by now. And I sent her a text back and I said, I keep getting bumped. My anxiety is starting to kick in and they just gave me an Ativan and I asked for two. They said, no, you can only have one. And I said, but, you know, I I could sure use a, a few prayers. And she said, you got it, you know, and didn't think any more about it. The doctor came back in and said, why don't you just try and go to sleep or try and rest? And I was like, OK, so they left me alone. Um, whereas before he'd been kind of in the room, my husband been there, nurse, they all left, like dim the lights and everything. And I was just laying there. I mean, I, who's going to sleep, you know, when you're anticipating this. And, um, but I closed my eyes and when I opened them, I, I saw an angel standing at the end of my bed and it was a big angel, you know, big. And so I'm thinking, okay, this is maybe Raphael, maybe it's my guardian. I don't know who this is. But as I was laying there in the bed, and I can kind of see myself now, like looking down from my head vision and, and visualizing this, but like one by one, these angels just started lining up alongside my bed and their wings, they were like covering me over like this, you know, and mm -hmm. I was just covered. And I thought, oh, they're covering me in prayer. This is, this is what this is, you know? And so, you know, I just enjoyed the moment and I don't know if I ended up falling asleep. I don't remember that, but they ended up getting me in, I think it was about three o'clock, got the procedure done, went home. And my girlfriend called me again and said, how'd it go? You know, did they get you in? And, or, because I said, I'm really nervous. They're going to make me come back for this tomorrow. And she said, did they get you in? And I said, yeah. And I said, Patty, my, her, Patty, she's one of my best friends. I said, the weirdest thing happened. As I was laying there, after I, you know, was texting with you, I saw angels surrounding my bed. And she said, I said, isn't that wild? And she said, no, I'm not at all surprised. And I said, you're not? And she said, no, when when I was texting with you, my mother and sister, she comes from a big family, were had just gotten there and we were having Bible study. They, you know, had Bible studies once a week or so. And she said, and so we all prayed that the angels would come and just cover you in, you know, peace and that your anxiety would go away. And she said, so I'm not surprised at all. And I thought, Oh my gosh, that's why they were there, you know, that they called them in on my behalf. So, and I mean, at the time, I don't want to say I didn't really believe in angels. I wasn't into it or anything. So this was kind of wild for me at the time, but that's kind of how that went. And uh, just, I, you know, I was so thankful for it, but I love that story. I, I mean, because I just can, uh, that's how they are, like, yeah. just to, like, place their wings. Yeah, it was like, you. like, just, you know, like they were bowing almost, and their wings just kind of came up, you know, from their shoulders and just covered, you know, my whole body, you know? It was, it was wild. Wow. Wild. Barbara, I have to ask you this too. Who's the younger male on the other side who passed before his time that's standing right next to your husband? 
Hmm. I'm not sure. I can't think of anybody. I mean, I had some friends from school who passed, you know, in teenage years. Yeah. Um, tell them to give you a hint. Do you, have, <laughs> do you have somebody else from the family that's connected to your daughter? It's connected to my daughter. Gosh, I can't think of anybody. Although she had, again, you know, friends in school that passed. I can't think of anyone else. What did what okay. they say? It? Uh, does she have <laughs> kids? No, she doesn't. She doesn't. Um, okay, so I want to kind of. Um, I'm wondering, now I'm thinking about this. My, we had um, neighbors who um, were very dear friends of us. We all went to church together and their son, Dan, was best friends with my oldest son. They, they were he was best man in his wedding and all that stuff. And um, he passed suddenly just a couple of years ago. He was only 40. Okay. And maybe that's it. And my daughter knew him. We all knew him. Yeah. Um, we called him DJ. And, you know, that was a very sudden, unexpected thing. So maybe it's DJ. Yeah. Uh, now, is your daughter married? No, she has a boyfriend. A boyfriend. That she's, you know, that's. Maybe it's going to happen. We'll see. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's not my job to filter messages. It's just my job yeah. to kind of bring through what's there. Um, but I just want you to know that this younger male is on the other side next to your your um, husband. But um, it's also like her spirit team, right? So like your okay. mom's over there. His mom's over there. Yeah, all of them are there. All of them are there, but they're all talking about one thing, which is her really envisioning the future that it is that she wants to have. Because mm -hmm. you've been talking throughout the episode kind of about your anxiety, but your mom is drawing a line. There's a similar energy to sometimes anxiety and fears. Oh, right? yeah, there's a lot of fears. Um, and so your daughter kind of has some of these anxiety fears around is what she want actually going to come to fruition? Is she going to have that family life that she wants? And maybe don't have her listen to this if she doesn't want to know what sex <laughs> the child is. And uh, and I have yeah. been wrong before, but I know it's a happy, healthy child. They keep showing me this little boy um, and that your your husband keeps holding like this little boy in his arms. Um, huh. that she's going to have a, a fun. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that would be yeah. that would be very, very welcome. Yeah. And that doesn't uh, mean that she can't have more kids, but I feel yeah. like um they need you to kind of work with her to help her envision and just move through her fear and really see that if that's truly what it is that she wants, that it's on its way to her. Yeah. She um actually she yes, she has definitely struggled with trying to figure out her path and she right now she just is involved in um some continuing education that she's hoping will launch her into a new area of her career and let allow her to leave her current position and her and her boyfriend i think they just need to um work through a few things and but i know that you know she would really like that and um it's just 
you know, when time happens, but I've been, I just moved back up here and I've been really working at strengthening my relationship with her because I think she really needs it. We, um, she is adopted and she's Korean by, you know, heritage. Um, and I know that, you know, that's kind of a, an issue sometimes. And so, you know, that might be playing into it a little bit too, that, She's had some disappointments in the past. So I think there's there's definitely fear there, but I know she she knows what she wants. So was she daddy's little girl though? Because he keeps oh, yeah. saying and he's like coming in, he keeps showing me like him walking her down the aisle one day, and he keeps just whispering to her, it's all about what you want. You know, hmm. not like the shoulds, not about what other people want. Oh, it's okay. all about what you want. And him Okay. He's really trying to bring that message into her to kind of have her focus more in on herself. Yeah. Um, and as I just said that, he said, because she doesn't know exactly what she wants and she doesn't know how to figure that out. Yeah. And so tell her to begin by just feeling what brings her joy. And that is the feeling of alignment and flow for her. So um, the more that she starts to realize and see within her daily life what brings her joy, the more she's going to feel that alignment and flow and follow that within her own heart. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, she is a person who I think views it. I have to take whatever life brings to me. I, you know, I don't have a lot of say in the matter. And I have tried to tell her, you know, you can do whatever you want and you can be whatever you want. You don't have to stay in this job that you don't like um, if what you really want is something else. And so she she did go and start this this course, which is kicking her butt, but <laughs> she's doing it and she's liking it. So that's that's a real positive thing. And she's very happy in her relationship. I just think, you know, they've had a lot of changes in the past year and I, I think it has taken its toll a little bit and they just need some time to let things settle down and I think things will get on the right path. Absolutely. But, yeah. 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 But her. yeah, she's a she's a sweetheart. That's amazing. She's one of my biggest supporters too. You know, she's very that. encouraging. So yeah, yeah, the other boys think I'm a little okay. <laughs> whatever, whatever you say, Bob. And she's like, Dad comes to me in my dreams and and he hugs me. Does he ever do that to you? And I said, No, he doesn't. She's like, well, you should talk to him about that. You know, he'll come if you call him. <laughs> so I don't know. She's just funny. She's so she's right so, on. I love yeah. her. Yeah, she's 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 funny. I like her, you know, oh. personality and everything. She's funny. Yes. Oh, so. Barbara. Um, did you have one more story about your own uh, that you wanted to share? Um, yeah, you know, I kept, something happened this past summer before I moved, and it, it kind of, again, involved you. I had been thinking about what should I, you know, do the Reiki school. I, I knew I was going to be joining the membership, but I was like, what should I do? Should I do the membership first? Should I do the angel Reiki school and I decided to do the membership but I had been thinking because for years I've had this um like closet spiritualist side to me 
<laughs> that I didn't share with too many people because I thought they'd all think I was nuts, and including <laughs> my husband. I I kind of kept that quiet because you know we we went to a Baptist church, and I just didn't I didn't know how he would react if I said you know I, my my ideas are changing a little, and I. I didn't think I could handle the rejection. I didn't think I, I didn't know what I'd do if he didn't approve. And so I, you know, I've had these books and stuff for, for years. Well, it had been my wedding anniversary and my son who lives, I was in Georgia, um, came over so good. He always remembered like our, the anniversary of our first date and stuff like that. He, take good care of me. So he brought over some flowers and, and he said, mom, these are from me and dad um, for your anniversary. And I said, well, that's so sweet. Thank you. And he said, and there's lilies in there. Um, I know dad loved the lilies. Well, the reason his dad loved the lilies is when he was a little boy, his father was a botanist and scientist. They had like five acres of lilies behind their house. His father would cross them and create new varieties, things like that. He was very talented. Um, so he grew up with lilies. So there were three lilies in this bouquet. And one was open, one was starting to, and one was really closed. So, you know, they opened, but that one was just really slow about opening. And I had taken a picture and put it on Facebook and said, do you think this lily will ever open? What's it going to take to get this lily to open? Because the other ones are all starting to you know, get, get a little wilted. And so I was sitting there that this one night thinking about, am I nuts? To, you know, to, to pursue this, I don't know what to do. <laughs> well, you know, I'm thinking, you know, am I, am I nuts, you know, or is this my chance? You know, I mean, there's nobody to tell me not to nobody, you know, criticize me. And if they do, I don't care. So I thought, oh, you know, I have, in fact, I, I have it here. Um, I have this book and I had a lot of books on mediumship at the time. And I, I said, I know I'm going to go look. And I went in my bedroom, got this book off the shelf. And it's this one. It's called Ask, yeah, I think. Yeah. Ask a Medium, right? And what was wild is I, I sat back down on the couch and I opened the book up and there was a card in it that was like a bookmark. Must have been from when I had last read it, and which was several years ago. And I'll tell you, I opened it up and it was from my husband. And it was my last birthday before he passed. And what is also significant about this is I have been wanting to like make a pillow with his signature, something, something that he said to me that was in his signature and I wanted to embroider it. I just didn't want it to say, love Dave, you know, or love you much, Dave, you know, something like that. And I read this card and it just said, I'll love you forever. And I thought, that's it. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. And it was in his signature. And I, I looked at the card, the front of the card again, and it was a lily. And I looked over and that, Damn, Lily had opened, wow. um, and I and it looked like identical. And I, I was like, "Holy cow! And, <laughs> <laughs> what is this?" And I actually, I took pictures of it. I sent it to my girlfriend and said, 
this kind of freaky, but do you think he's, he's, you know, he opened that early and she said, absolutely. And I said, do you think he was trying to send me a message? And she said, I think he was telling you to go ahead and pursue it. He approves that he wants you to go ahead and follow, follow what, you know, you, you believe. And um, so that was, that was, again, just one of those things that, to, you know, so coincidental. And the fact that I had used the card in this book as as bookmark and I and I had bothered me that I had all his cards from years past. They have a box and I couldn't find that one. <gasps> and I thought, you know, what did I do with that? I thought, oh my gosh, I hope I didn't throw it out, you know? And there it was. And I knew it was from the year before because I had all the others. <laughs> so, so you ended up yeah. joining the angel membership. Yeah, membership, yeah. And then, yeah. like, tell everybody, like, um, what have you gotten out of it? Oh, um, I definitely have. Um, I've just really started it because when I joined, I joined in November. It was busy Christmas time. I was traveling a lot. And then I was right in the middle of a move. So I'm trying to, you know, listen and listen. But I love the oneness. And I have your book, too. And like Kindle, I have it. Actually, I have it in Kindle. I just got (laughs) it in Audible. Um, So that I could listen to it in the car because we're doing the angels now. And I thought, I just want to listen to about the different angels. And that is so helpful because I feel like I'm starting to get the connection that, you know, who to call in. And I had probably my first real, I, I don't even know what to, when we did the um, the workshop on automatic writing. Yeah. I love that. And it just came through. Now I have not practiced it. I'm sorry. No, yeah, because of all that's been going on with the move. And then I got really sick. I got vertigo. I couldn't read. I couldn't even think about yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I love the automatic writing was, I, I, you know how we blocked off with, you know, or when the person I, I was um, teamed with, I said, I can't believe this. I said, I kind of in my head, my ego mind knew what they were going to tell me. I, my question to them is, you know, I'm interested in all these different things in Reiki and, and I, I do tapping and i studied hypnosis in the past, this stuff. I'm thinking, what should I pursue first? And I was expecting them to, you know, say, well, the angels and and that. And it came Reiki, Reiki, do Reiki. And I was like, all right, that's what I'm going to do. And I was really surprised by that, that it, it just, not what I expected. So I knew it wasn't from my mind. And it no hesitation. And so that's what I've been kind of pursuing. Yeah, oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm I love working can, with you, Barbara. Yeah, I'm hoping so I can join the Reiki school this summer or maybe in the fall. But yes. um, yeah, but I I just love it. And it's been it it's just been a real positive for me, you know, to have it's just positive as opposed to all the negative that's around. And that's what I needed. That's why I think I seek this out is because it's just uplifting, you know, I mean, come on, it's angels, (laughs) you know, how can you not go up a couple levels? So, yeah. So 
Oh, Barbara, I love you so much. I love your stories. I love getting to connect with you. And um, and these are just amazing, amazing, incredible stories. Of- I'm blessed. I feel so blessed that I, I've had these experiences. They have definitely carried me through. Yeah. Um, you know, on more than one occasion, I've thought, you know, I know he's here. In fact, I was thinking about it this morning. I looked over the clock and, of course, 10.05, his birthday popped up as it does all the time. <laughs> so, you know, I thought, okay, you're with me. I get it. <laughs> so, so it's so funny. Cause I, you know, there's sometimes where they just come through so clear and he said, um, keep writing your angel stories down because this isn't the only time you're going to be on the podcast. Oh, he said you'll okay. be on again. Um, cause he said more angel stories are on their way. Well, I'm I'm guessing he's involved then. Yes. <laughs> he, he likes that. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, so that would be fun. And I have some other things that have happened that you know I can share in the future. I love so. it, Barbara. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, um, thank for, you for having me. Yes. For anybody listening who has angel stories that they want to share, please go over to theangelmedium.com and submit your angel story. We're always looking for new ones to have on the show. Thanks, Barbara. Have Thanks a blessed, blessed day. I will. You too. You too. Bye. Bye. Beautiful soul, thank you so much for joining me today. My name's Julie. You know I'm all about connecting you with messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. If you've been listening today and you're super excited and just have to know which angels are sitting around you now, who's connecting with you, and how they're supporting you, go to theangelmedium.com. Register for a virtual session. You can do a reading with me or a member on my team. We're all incredible. We all talk to angels daily, and we can help you in making sure that your angels are doing the best they can to support you and guiding you to the life you want to live. Virtual sessions, they're only offered on my website, never, never, never offered on social media, only offered on theangelmedium.com. Sign up today. And if you're the person who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing your unique spiritual gifts, growing your intuition, starting your own healing business, you can sign up for my Angel Reiki School to become a certified angel messenger. That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts. You'll learn energy healing, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and business mastery skills. That's the Angel Reiki School. You can find more information on theangelmedium.com or DM me over on Instagram at angelpodcast with any questions you have. Friends, before you go, connect with your angels by placing your hand on your heart, taking a deep breath. Imagine a doorway filled with God's unconditional love in front of you. I want you to step into that love in front of you. And I want you to feel it as it fills your body, your chakras, and your auric field. Now ask your angels, what would you have me know today? 
and open yourself to the positive, loving messages they have just for you.